Welcome back, listeners, to the Revival on the Air Today podcast. Uh, my name is Ben Campbell, and uh, I'm going to be your host today. And today I have uh, the most amazing person that I've ever met, uh, ever, <laughs> on the podcast today. And if you're sitting across from me, I know this is radio, but if you're sitting across from me, you'd realise how amazingly beautiful she is also. And uh, we're going to spend the next uh, few minutes uh, talking to her. I have to declare my interest. Uh, the wonderful lady named Emily sitting across from me is also my wife. Uh, and I didn't just say those things because she's close to me. I do really mean them. So say hello, Emily. Hello, Emily. <laughs> So we've uh, known each other for a long time. In fact, we've been married for 26 very happy years and uh, have known each other since our teenage years where we were best friends and then started dating and then uh, eventually got married. And uh, through our journey of our life, we've had uh, lots of uh, amazing things that have happened in our life that God has uh, had a hand in. And uh, we're only going to share one of those really with you today. But what I thought I'd do is just ask Emily perhaps to share, just to start with her journey with God and where that all started. Well, it all started back when, well, I was brought up to believe in God. Uh, But when I was around about nine, my mum was witnessed to uh, or spoken to. The gospel was brought to her. She was uh, definitely um, believed in God. And uh, she investigated what she was told and she attended the Vogue Theatre, which is um, our meeting place down at Kingswood. And we're a part of the Adelaide Revival Fellowship. Well, we are now, but at that point we weren't. And um, from mum going there, I eventually came along to Sunday school and my dad came along as well. But while I was there and attending Sunday school and what my parents were teaching me was that, and they were showing me through the Bible that I also needed to have my own relationship with God and so, and to have, and how to have that relationship with God. So I sought the Holy Spirit, which is speaking in tongues. And on one Friday night, which was a prayer and fast, Uh, My normal routine was to sit on the ground and colour in, but I got up and I uh, heard the word and I followed the um, person that was preaching that night, followed the scriptures. And then uh, once the meeting, once the um, talk was over, we went out and had some prayer because my eczema and asthma was really bad at that time. And I received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues And two days later, uh, so that was the Friday night, on the Sunday at the Sunday meeting, I was baptised by full immersion, uh, just like Jesus was in Bible days. Very good. Um, And so what happened from there? Did you attend Sunday school and those types of things when you were... Because you were only 10, weren't you? Yeah, so um, essentially our whole... Our, our lives changed. Uh, we were we became very involved uh, in the fellowship, and uh, we attended 
we attended Sundays. Well, I attended Sunday school on Sundays and then we had the second meeting and eventually uh, we got a caravan and we'd go to Karakalinga camp every uh, Christmas and Easter and um, whenever there are other camps that were going on. Uh, and we became very involved. Our, our whole family was involved in the things of the fellowship and um, and doing everything we could to learn about um, how Jesus would want us to live. And I know your mother and father both have amazing things uh, in terms of how God transformed their lives, So, but we might leave that for another day. Uh, I want to perhaps focus today just on maybe one or two, maybe one thing particularly uh, where God has uh, intervened, I think pretty miraculously uh, in in both of our lives. Um, And uh, for those uh, who don't know me, uh, just by way of declaration, I'm a type 1 diabetic, which means that I'm uh, constantly uh, on insulin uh, to regulate my blood sugar level, which uh, in of itself is uh, pretty well controlled and that's all okay. But the challenge around uh, dealing with that uh, particular condition, which I don't have a healing for yet, although that's certainly in my prayer, is that uh, if you uh, don't do that properly, you can uh, you can cause yourself all sorts of concern. And uh, in particular, you know, if your blood sugar drops too low uh, because your body basically runs on glucose or on, on sugar, uh, your body starts to shut down when that gets too low. So this testimony perhaps that I want you M to share about is just to tell us about what happened a couple of years ago um, when actually I'll just let you tell the story you tell me okay well yeah because you weren't really there at, well you were there at the time but uh, not really uh, so this particular evening uh, Ben and the kids had been at the house meeting I had stayed home uh, I had actually I had the flu and I was waiting for them to t- come home and then I was and then I took two codrel cold and flu nighttime tablets. Now they knocked me out for the whole night and like normally so yeah you've normally I've I if I've got the flu and I generally get something like that every year and so tablets like that just help me breathe and they help keep um, my things like asthma and things like that in check but um, this particular evening I took them and uh, and the normal course for me would be that I would have quite a solid sleep till the next morning and I certainly wouldn't be waking up not with a nighttime tablet because I have never had to take any serious uh, heavy medications before. Something like a codral cold and flu tablet, a nighttime tablet definitely takes me out for the night. So that that was it was quite something for me to um, go to sleep that night and then at twelve thirty ish in the morning all of a sudden I heard some sleep talking and I thought that that I didn't quite understand what was happening at that point and I was actually quite annoyed that Ben would start talking but then I sort of understood wait a tick Ben doesn't even sleep talk he doesn't normally sleep talk there was only one other time in his whole life that he talked and um, that was over a check that for some reason didn't have any 
words on it or something like that. So it was quite quite bizarre. So I went back to sleep again only for more talking to happen. And I, I was actually really annoyed. So I thought I'll get up and I'll go to the bathroom. Got up, went to the bathroom and then realised that something must be really wrong as I was waking up. And I came out of the bathroom and turned the light on to discover that uh, you're unconscious. You, um, I, you were uh, in a pool of sweat and um, I tried to um, slap you around a bit. to Literally? <laughs> yes. Did you li- literally slap me around? I, I had to. I was trying to wake you up. I, I jolted your shoulder for a bit and because I was really worried and um and then I started actually you know tapping you around the face and then I'm actually hitting you on the shoulder (laughs) and what you can't see listener is the actions that she's using with her fist I mean her hands (laughs) (laughs) so um so well no amount of hitting was going to wake you up at that point because you were you're um your fists were clenched and your jaw was clenched and you were shaking and I could not get a response out of you. And it was later on when we did some um, some quite intensive first aid training that I actually learnt that you were unconscious. Yep. So that was rather scary. So because I've seen you have a low before... So, um, so this is low blood sugar, low blood where, sugar. Yes. where your body stops responding because it doesn't have enough glucose to run your brain and your and your body on effectively. Yep. So I thought, okay, I'll get the uh, the tester out that will tell me how low or high you are as far as blood sugar. Because I thought, well, I better check. You could either be really high. Or you could be very low in blood sugar. And so it's really important to check those figures. So I got the testing strip out and I got the little monitor out. But then I couldn't get the device that pierces the skin to draw the blood out to work. For some reason, it wouldn't work. And I fumbled around with that for quite a little while. And then I... I just could not get it to work and I was starting to get quite frustrated. So I um, I thought, I just called out to the Lord at that point and I thought, I'm going to, Lord, I don't know if he's high or low, uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat him as if he's low. So um, I went to the kitchen cupboard where we have a stash of different things for uh, when you are low But because you were unconscious, I couldn't use any food items, so I had to use a liquid gel, a glucose gel that comes in a tube, and I broke that open. But the problem was was that your jaw was clenched at that point. So clenched shut, shut. yep. Yeah. And so then I called out to the Lord again right at that moment, and I said, Lord, you've got to open his mouth because I can't get this gel in. And all of a sudden, your mouth opened right up wide and I shoved the um, the tube of gel in and then you clenched your jaw shut again and I couldn't get the gel out again. So I downloaded the gel into your mouth and um, waited for 
probably about 10 minutes and I kept on trying to put more gel in there um and and then of course the gel was stuck in your mouth it was it was quite funny but um <laughs> quite funny then or quite funny now it's quite funny now when you think <laughs> about it but at the time it certainly wasn't funny so how are you feeling at the time well I'm a absolute panicker by nature when something um when an emergency arises I'm not the person for anyone I cannot keep a calm head about that sort of stuff but bear in mind I had two codril cold and flu tablets on board so I was probably running a bit spaced out (laughs) slower than usual (laughs) but I had this um I just knew that I had to get I I was the only person and the Lord were the only person that knew what was going on in that moment and I was the one you know actioning bits and pieces but I had to keep my head about me and I was actually quite quite calm and I just thought things through okay now I have to do this and as I'm waiting for that 10 minutes it starts occurring to me that you weren't responding because normally as soon as sugar's in your body there's normally a response but um I wasn't getting any sort of response and you were still unconscious and so towards the end of that 10 minutes, I realised that it wasn't going as well as what I thought it was going. So I called out to the Lord and then I called the ambulance. And um, the ambulance only took 10, uh, 12 minutes to get to our house, but it was truly the 12 longest minutes of my life. Uh, during that phone call... Uh, they they want to know all the symptoms and of course what's happened so I'll walk them through everything that I'd currently done and uh, then they wanted me to check your breathing and so we're checking your breathing and uh, everything's going okay for a little while but then you, your breathing started to get erratic and he said at this point okay you've got to drag him onto the floor and start performing CPR. And I'm th- I just, at that point, that's when I started panic because I thought, I don't, even, I don't even know how to do CPR and our bed is quite high off the ground. I thought, how am I even going to get you onto the ground without snapping your neck or something like that? And so I was actually really... I didn't want to perform CPR, so I called out to the Lord again. And like while you're on the phone, you're triple While I'm on the phone... <laughs> to the ambulance I'm talking to the ambulance to the person on the other end as well as to the Lord at the same time and I'm sure they thought I was an absolute nutter they probably rang the ambulance and said make sure you pack some straight jackets in there too fellas because the lady's a bit of a nutter <laughs> she's calling out to the Lord as well <laughs> But um, right at that point, I called out to the Lord and then your breathing stabilised. And so that was really, really quite amazing because there was actually no way I was ever going to be able to get you onto the ground. So, um, yeah. So then the the ambos arrived? So the ambos arrive and uh, they're trying to... They immediately test your blood uh, after I've told them exactly what's going on and they discover that your blood at that point your blood glucose reading was 1.5 now this would have been what a good 
what, 20, 25 minutes after um, I had put the gel in, which means at 12 o'clock, 12.30 when at you, night. When you woke up? When I woke up. Um, must have been am, a lot lower than that. It must have been a lot lower. Mm. And so... And so f- for those that don't know, it's supposed to be within a range of four to six. Uh, usually I start to feel some physical impairment uh, under four at sort of three and a half, I can tell. Under three, uh, I start to get disorientated. And we can all tell. Yeah, so at 1.5, it's pretty serious. Can you imagine how serious it was before that, if that glucose gel hadn't been in there? And just bear in mind also that... Uh, you were never going to survive until five thirty, six o'clock when your alarm goes off. So mm. to be under 1.5 before that at 12.30, yeah. um, you, you're just never going to survive those hours. So the fact that I was woken at 12.30 is quite something. But we'll get back to that. So the, uh, the paramedics, they're, they're treating you. And they couldn't, they're trying to get glucagon, which is faster acting, to bring your blood sugar. So that's an injection? Yeah. They're trying to get that into your arms, but they couldn't, your your uh, veins had collapsed. collapsed. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't seem to get it in there. So in the end, they literally just um, stabbed you in the thigh with it. They just had to get it. In your body, so they chose the thigh muscle and they just put it in there. And it took took some time uh, to... They, they were monitoring your blood sugar all the time and it took some time for you to come back around. It must have... I can't really remember. I think that you were fully conscious and back talking with us probably around about 3 o'clock. Yeah. And so it did take quite a while... Um, and of course, as soon as the paramedics come in, I can just, I just fall in a heap because at that point I've done what I can do and then they're there and I feel as if they can, they can take over. So uh, we certainly wouldn't be doing this podcast today had you not woken up at 12.30. No way. But it's interesting, you actually mentioned a number of things during the night that happened that had you not called out to God and had not God intervened, probably still would have ended up in the same outcome. So obviously number one is waking up. Yeah. Because you've never done that before after taking a cold and cold cold flu tablet. Uh, Obviously that on top of the talking piece, which is also... Unusual circumstances, particularly if you're unconscious. I'm not sure mm. how you sleep talk well, when you're unconscious. Well, well, that's a very interesting point too, isn't it? Mm. Because you would have definitely been uh, well under 1.5. All we know is that at, when the paramedics came mm. in, that you were 1.5 at that point after having gluco- glucose gel in your yeah. system for a good 20 to 25 minutes. Which usually raises point. blood sugar pretty quickly. Absolutely, but it wasn't quick enough to get you out of a being unconscious. Mm. Um, but um, so so that is particularly miraculous. Also, after you slept talk, 
I could have gone to the bathroom and then just gone back, to, back bed to bed again. So like, had you not noticed? So you've got so you got a couple of circumstances there. Then you've got the uh, with the clenched teeth and the inability to mm. get my mouth open. You wouldn't be able to get any glucose gel there, but you prayed and then my mouth immediately opened. Mm. And then you've got the breathing problem, which you couldn't perform CPR on the bed. Oh, but first of all, before he, when he said, oh, you, you need to perform CPR, he asked me if I had a defibrillator. Oh, and right. I have to say that that is the little moment where one of those little bubbles appeared just above my head and I'm watching a crazy medical show rubbing a defibrillator pads in and calling clear and... <laughs> But no, we didn't have a no, defibrillator. No defibrillator. Um, and so then you've got, you know, as soon as you called out to the Lord again when the breathing was erratic, uh, the breathing stabilised. So there's lots of there's lots of intervention there. You take any one of those out of the equation and I wouldn't be here today no. hosting this podcast. Absolutely. Mm, it's yeah. pretty amazing. It, it's, an, it's actually, it is a miracle though. Mm. Isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Because there were several, as you said, several times during the night where, where any one of those things you'd taken away, and uh, and it wouldn't be uh, to be good night nurse. Mm. Pretty cool, huh? Absolutely cool. Mm. Well, pretty happy how... about the outcome, mind you. I'm pretty happy about it too. <laughs> it's, it's a good outcome. Yeah, I reckon. Um, I think we're. Uh, I think we might uh, almost do the wrap there. Um, we we've got a few other stories to tell over the uh, life of this podcast. Um, well, living with you, Mr. Campbell, mm, there's always a story to tell. We've got I a think few uh, a few amazing interventions, a few miracles of healings, and a few other things. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna keep those ones for a little later, uh, for another episode, perhaps. Uh, but um, we might uh, we might wrap it up there. What do you think? Alrighty. Thank you for being on my show. Oh, you're most welcome. <laughs> I'm going to share a scripture, um, and I might share a scripture with each podcast. Not that anything particularly relevant uh, to this particular healing, but I've just read here in Psalm 27, verse one: "The Lord is my light and my salvation; whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life; of whom shall I be afraid?" What a great scripture. Regardless of what's awesome. what's facing us, we can hold on to scriptures like that and just know that uh, that the Lord's backing us up. Um, for those that are, are listening out there, uh, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Uh, look for us on iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean, or visit uh, www.revivalontheairtoday.com. Uh, if you want to know more about uh, the Revival Fellowship, you can go to www.trf dot org dot a two dot org dot a u and uh, until next time god bless